the Cambridge Marketing Podcast with Kiran Kapoor. Brought to you by Cambridge Marketing College. See their range of courses and apprenticeships at marketingcollege.com. Hello and welcome. This week we are talking about marketing messages and in particular how to stand out in a noisy world. And I'm delighted to be joined by Henry Adasso, who is the head of marketing at Semex and also the author of a number of marketing books. His latest one is How to Stand Out in a Noisy World. Henry, welcome. I have to ask, where are you geographically? Karen, thank you for having me. I am in Houston, Texas, uh, here in the United States. And I can tell that from the absolutely gorgeous Texan accent that you have. Um, you, your book is all about how to stand out in a noisy world. And you, you do have a lovely anecdote at the beginning, which I think just sums up everything that you, that you say. And it, of weird things, it's about simulated neuro networks. <laughs> yeah, so I I always like to start my books um, with some sort of anecdote um, because stories are, are such a powerful uh, mechanism for communication. And so the, this there's a fictional um, party going on in, in this intro, and essentially uh, the idea is that you walk into this this event and. You're trying to make small talk with one of the guests. And so you ask, uh, hey, so what are you working on these days? And he says, well, I'm building simulated neural networks integrated with deep learning algorithms for synergistic collaborations. And our North Star is nanotech disruption. And your brain just goes, whoa, (laughs) Um, can I just go talk to someone else for a second? And at the same time, you you're approached by another guest, and this time you you know you're a little hesitant, based on the first interaction. But you ask anyway, you know, say, hey, what's going on with you? And the second guest says, well, my company turns food waste into money. So, out of these two guests, which one are you more likely to to want to spend more time with and 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 learn more about what they're working on? It's a good point because, I mean, <laughs> living and working in Cambridge, I can assure you that we do have conversations about simulated neural networks quite regularly. Um, but your, your point is very well made, that you tend to want to spend time with somebody or listen to the messaging for something where you understand the jargon that's being used. So presumably, if you were messaging people who were working in neural networks, then that might be a very good way of speaking to them. If you're at a standard networking meeting, that's not a good line to come out with. Exactly. And that's exactly the point. And and actually, in the book, I go on to say that it's entirely possible that the simulated neural networks uh, project is incredibly fascinating and maybe even more interesting than than, um, the second guess. But the way the message is delivered makes it more difficult for someone who is maybe newer to the space or someone who is newer to that to the topic to follow the conversation and so i actually go on to say in the book that sometimes you can have a great product and bad messaging can derail your product and so we really have to find a way to communicate in in such a manner that the messaging is memorable and that it invites other people to to um, participate in the conversation that's it's again it's a very well made point can I, you have sort of four attributes that you talk about in remarkable messaging 
the question then becomes, you know, the argument of this book is that you, in order to stand out in the noisy world, you have to create remarkable messaging. And so then the question becomes, well, what's a remarkable message? I started looking at brands that have some of the best messages out there. And what I found was that they all seem to have four attributes in common. And so I've tried to codify this uh, remarkability into into the, these four attributes, which I call the best attributes. And best stands for bold, empathic, specific, and transformative. So a remarkable message is one that is bold, meaning it's engaging, meaning it's difficult to ignore. It invites you to pay attention. A remarkable message is empathic, and what that means is that it incorporates one of the many human emotional needs, and it speaks to our core basic need, whether it's the the need to make more money or um, be more successful or what have you. It takes that into consideration because that's what really resonates at the core. And then it's this, the third attribute, specificity. Nothing is for everyone, so it has to be clear what it's on offer and who it's for. And then transformative, meaning how will this change the other person at the end of that interaction or experience? Do you have some examples of messages that you feel meet these these four attributes? I do. There is a local agency here in Houston called Decode, and they, whenever they go out to trade shows and events, they've got this banner, and the banner says, 50% of your marketing budget is wasted. Let's make it zero. And I saw this and I reached out to, uh, to the founder of Decode and I said, can you tell me a little bit more about this banner? Uh, because I think it's a, an example of a message that uh, actually embodies all four attributes, bold, empathic, it's specific, and it's transformative. And she shared with me that people always walk up to them and, and when they see that banner, because it, it really shows the audience that somebody gets it. And so I think this is an example of those four attributes. And, and let me break down what I, what I really like about this message. It is bold in the sense that it, it's making you a promise that 50% of your budget is wasted and we'll make it zero. That's a bold statement. It's empathic in the sense that it wants to help you save some money. That's a core basic need that we have is the, the desire to, to save money. It's specific. Clearly, the message is targeting marketing leaders and people in business, maybe entrepreneurs. And it's transformative because if you work with this agency and they're able to save you that money, then future you will not waste uh, any of your marketing budget. And so that's one example of, of a message that I, I think embodies all four attributes. And there are lots and lots of other examples that I cite in the art of messaging as well. It's interesting because, I mean, it, what they're taking is what has become quite a cliche. I mean, it's the standard Ogilvy, um, I think it's attributed to Ogilvy and lots of other people that, you know, 50% of my marketing budget is wasted, but I don't know which 50%. And it takes yeah. it and it turns it on its head. It's really clever. Absolutely. It's been attributed to so many different people. Uh, good luck finding the original uh, source. Yeah. But, but, <laughs> right. And But the idea is that it, it does make you stop and pay attention. And you know, frankly, attention is is probably the scarcest resource of our time. And so in order to earn attention, we truly have to be remarkable. 
And what was interesting about that example is it, it's obviously a, it's a local one. They're going to shows with a banner. So you're also suggesting that it's very easy to stand out with a, a remarkable message, standing out in a noisy world in a quite a sort of localized, a relatively cheap way of doing it. It, it is. It is absolutely. And and when you think about it, uh, this is messaging is is such an important conversation today. And and here's why. There's kind of a, a bad news, good news scenario going on within marketing these days. Every major marketing tactic that marketers have come to love and enjoy over the past two decades are incredibly more difficult today than they've ever been. SEO is under major threat from machine learning and AI and and more frequent algorithm updates, um, as well as you know zero clicks results. Social media is primarily a pay for play platform, with the exception of maybe two LinkedIn, TikTok, and then if you're in the business of creating mass amounts of content, well. Generative AI is practically going to eat your business for lunch. So it's just a more complicated world to be in as a marketer. And at the same time, we're seeing a lot more noise. Uh, Over 330 billion emails are sent daily. Everyone is inundated inundated with stuff. But the good news in all of this is that there is still one powerful tool available to marketers, and it is messaging, because messaging is essentially a story. And if you can control the story and you can tell a good story for a product or service that works, because it has to work, then you have a better chance of earning some mental real estate in your audience's mind. I think you made two really interesting points. I, I love the, the phrase mental real estate because like, you're right. One of the biggest problems is just grabbing attention. And your other point was, and again, it's another old marketing cliche about nothing kills a bad product faster than good marketing. It's got to be <laughs> a, something that works. Yes. Yes, absolutely. There's a difference between marketing with empathy and manipulation. Manipulation is... Uh, trying to sell something that clearly doesn't work, which often leads to returns, which can be costly for the business, and also regrets, which can also be costly for the business. And so we don't want to manipulate our audience into buying something that just doesn't work. So it has to work. Marketing with empathy is about understanding that the mission is to help other people lighten the burden. So when we're in the market for a product or service, we're really trying to solve a problem. How can we help the audience solve that problem? It's it's also interesting um, to come back to the idea that it doesn't have to be expensive because one of the biggest questions we're seeing coming through now in the marketing profession is marketing on a budget and trying to find a way of um, stretching budget. And as you say, you know, um, SEO, gen- creating loads of content, etc. It's all starting to disappear. So I'm intrigued. How do you start with the message? You're talking about being empathetic, but you don't tend to wake up one morning suddenly f- feeling empathetic. You have to go through some processes. So what are the processes you're recommending? I think it really starts with being clear about what what the goal is. Uh, what do we what do we seeking to accomplish and who do we want to influence? What's the product? What's on offer? Does it work? Does it solve a problem? And who is it for? We have to be very clear about that. Some might call it strategy. 
And I think the next thing we have to do is develop deep product knowledge. So we really need to understand what it is that we're marketing so that we can extract the best attributes of that particular product or service. One of the tools that I use for this is what I call the the messaging tower. And the messaging tower is essentially a hierarchy of the best attributes, benefits, and transformative outcomes of any product or service. And so what I like to do is to start with the features. So what are some descriptive elements of this product or service? If it's a headphone, maybe it's lightweight, or maybe it's, it's, it comes in multiple colors, or it has a certain sound production quality that I'd like to highlight. These are all features. It's important to understand the features because they do appeal to more technical audience. And then I move up to the benefits, which is at kind of the bait, the, the middle of that tower. Uh, and the benefit is, well, what is this thing? What can it do for me? How can it benefit me? Uh, and sticking with the headphone example, maybe it has noise cancellation and it allows me to enjoy my music in peace and privacy. And then I want to move all the way to the top of the tower, which is the transform- transformation. How can this, this product or service transform my outcome? And this is a powerful why behind the message. The greatest value inherent in any product or service is going to be the transformation. And so whenever possible, I'd like to highlight that transformation. And and it may be that uh, it's not available to me. And when it's not available to me, then I want to highlight the benefits of the product or service. And so that's how I would approach it with kind of a framework uh, and a model that allows me to uh, highlight the, the best attributes of any product or service. Okay, let me go back through that because there's some there's some really great um, content there, and I'm I'm fascinated by the idea of a messaging tower, which I have to say I've never heard um, before. So you started with descriptive elements of the features, so you were really describing, presumably in a way that was empathetic in the way that the customer wanted. Is that right? Because it's very easy to start with a feature, yes. and I can wake up one morning and go, "Oh, it's a great feature." The headphones that they come in thirteen different colours, or um, or they come in three shades of pink, and actually the customers aren't interested in that. So, where again, is there an element of having to work out exactly what the features are that your customers are looking for? Yes. Yeah, so that's actually a really good question. Um, as a marketer, I I like to start with the features because I want to understand the product. I want to be a, a technician and the product expert to the best of my ability. And so I like to start with the features and work my way up to the transformation. But if I'm speaking with a prospective customer, then I would probably reverse the process in the sense that, to your point, they may not be interested in the features immediately because, because it, it's a more technical conversation unless you're speaking to a more technical audience. So I would start with the transformation because the transformation is the hook that allows you to continue the conversation. It gives you permission to continue that conversation. So I would start with the the transformation, what it will do for the audience and then work my way down to the benefits and then down to the features. This is the sequence of the conversation. Here's why you should try this product or service. That's the transformation. Here's how it works, how it can help you. That's the benefit. And here's exactly what it's made of, which is how we get to the benefits and the transformation. So 
So that's the sequence of the conversation in order to maximize engagement. That's that's fascinating. So if in a conversation, I might be going in one way and when I'm doing a messaging like my banner, I might be going in an opposite in the opposite direction, if I understood that correctly. Exactly. So let me give you an example. Beats by Dre headphones is a powerful example of of transformative outcome in the messaging. Their messaging, the core messaging was hear music the way your favorite artists hear music. That's a transformation because one of the uh, basic human needs is uh, proxy to celebrity. You want to, you want, you know, that's why name brand um, um, items sell faster when there's celebrity endorsements. Uh, we want to be uh, close to the people that are that are rich and famous, right? So if you have a chance to hear music the way your favorite artist does, and in this case, that also signifies higher quality, then you'll take up that offer. So their messaging was hear music the way your favorite artists do, the way I do, signed Dr. Dre. But they have some secondary messages as well about the, the quality of the headphones, the sound production, the different colors available, the lightweight or um, portability. These are all features, but they start with the transformation because that's what truly gets our attention. It's another great example, obviously in a totally different scale to, your, to the, the banner ad, but it's, it's again, getting that message correct. So again, I'm, I'm intrigued. I've, so if I've come up with the messaging and I've thought about it, I've still got to stand out and get people to hear my message. So do you have any suggestions as about how I can do that in a noisy world? I think in order to stand out in a noisy world, we have to realize that the world is a lot smaller today. It's more of a, um, a global village. And what I mean by that is the goal is not to try to reach everyone because nothing is truly for everyone. We have to focus on the people that are in the market for what we have to offer. And one of the principles in the book is to focus on, on uh, an audience of one. And to focus on an audience of one means to, to see your audience as an individual as opposed to a group or a demographic. There's a podcaster named Jay, Jay Aconzo. His podcast, I think it's called Unthinkable. Uh, he exemplifies this idea of focusing on an audience of one. When Jay is talking to you, to his podcast listeners, you'll think you're the only listener <laughs> that he's speaking to because he addresses you as you and he talks to you directly. And, and that's such a special feeling versus if you re received an email, I'm sure you have, that says, hey, guys, hey, everyone. Even if you have a thousand people in your database, uh, it's highly unlikely that they're all huddled together reading that email at the same time. So simply switching from that group mindset and addressing to addressing the audience as an individual, huge difference. So I, it's a really interesting use of the idea of talking to an audience of one. Um, I find that quite fascinating because it's very easy to get a little bit overwhelmed by how big your audience is or try and divide your audience up into, into segments and then you describe your segments and then they get too big for you to really understand the messaging. Yeah, absolutely. And it's tempting to, to just um, see the audience as a group of people because you are addressing a group of people. But 
if you made a slight change to your to your language and said instead of saying let's say you're addressing an audience of teachers instead of saying as teachers you know and you say as a teacher now the person on the other side of that message receives it as an individual they feel seen and they feel that you're talking to them and it's such a powerful way to connect that is absolutely fascinating. Henry, before I let you go, would you have any sort of top tips for somebody who was wanting to take this further and wanting to think about their messaging in a noisy world? I would say start with what you already have. If you have a message for your brand, think about it from the perspective of your customer. And I think the most powerful thing you can do is to shift the message from a we message, meaning we're great, we've won X amount of awards, we are the best in the business, and shift it to a you message, meaning look for ways to say to the customer, let's talk about you. Look for ways to highlight some of the wins that they can experience if they interact with your business. And so I think if you make that little change, your message will resonate with your audience. That is fantastic. Thank you very much. Um, Henry Adasso, thank you so much indeed. And if you're now interested in Henry's book, Adasso is A-D-A-S-O, and the book is The Art of Messaging. Thank you so much for your time. And I know, appreciate it's quite early in the morning for you, so I expect you're off for breakfast now. Thank you so much. I had a great time. I appreciate it. The Cambridge Marketing Podcast. From Cambridge Marketing College, training marketing and PR professionals across the globe.